You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. To all the women who have cried in the shower, smiled when they wanted to scream, and couldn't wait to get home and unhook their bra, Flaunt is the definitive guidebook on how to get back in touch with who you are underneath your labels, roles, and scripts. Fall in love with yourself right now. Breathe life into the dreams you left behind and live each day with uninhibited joy. Pick up a copy of Laura Cheadle's number one best-selling book, Flaunt. Drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self wherever books are sold. It's available in print, digital, and audio formats and comes with two downloadable meditations. Hello and welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. Today is going to be, I think, one of the coolest shows ever because it's going to be a reverse interview. Amy Mangola Soler is an amazing woman. Before she had kids, she was a singer, songwriter. Um, I'm going to put the link to a couple of her videos, especially one of her Christmas videos coming up so you can hear her sing because she sounds just like an angel. Anyway, she was a singer and songwriter before having kids, and she's also the uh, former radio producer and the morning co-host of America's largest country radio station in L.A. So she is pretty huge. She is pretty amazing. And we have worked together for years, and she has questions. She has questions about how I do the things that I do all of that stuff. And we decided to do a reverse interview where she would ask me all the questions that you might have too. So settle in, grab some tea, grab something to drink and let's go. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much. What a nice introduction. (laughs) (laughs) And I just sprung that on you about doing your songs, but your voice is amazing. I'd love to share that. Oh, well, thank you so much. And you're so amazing being a life coach and a fitness coach and you do intuitive readings and hypnotherapy and you speak all over the world. I mean, you are constantly moving and going. And I just, I've always thought I have so many questions for her just going through life. You know, how would Laura handle this? And I can't always call you for a reading every five seconds. So I want to. (laughs) (laughs) and just what you've learned along the way you've talked to so many people you kind of are everyone's therapist in a way and yet you've gone through a lot of stuff recently that has been pretty intense and you've been very open about it which has got to be hard but also kind of therapeutic in in its own way right right so I just kind of wanted to start off first with just some simple questions about how you do what you do For instance, when did you learn that you were so intuitive and did you ever think that it was a burden in any way? 
I love that. Uh, yes, <laughs> I did think it was a burden. I started off at a fairly young age, just kind of being able to know that things would happen. I would hear the phone ring and I would know who it was. And I mean, this is the days before, you know, caller ID and things like that. Um, I would just also have really strong feelings about things. And then what I would be feeling or dreaming about would tend to happen. And yes, it was kind of disconcerting because it's not that you can really tell too many people about that. Yeah. Fortunately, my mom was really open. She's really intuitive as well. So we could have some really good conversations about that, but then trying to communicate with friends or to connect with people like that, they just think you're weird. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And then there were a lot of years where I didn't know what to tell somebody because sometimes you do feel something that's kind of disturbing and you want to tell somebody to be careful without freaking them out. And that's hard or to warn something about somebody about something. And how do you do that? And that's, that's still really difficult for me too, because there are things that I'll see and I, I, I will never lie. I will never not say something, but it's really hard just to say, "Mm, really watch out for so-and-so's health because it might not be good. Yeah, definitely. So that brings me to my next question, which was, you know, what are some, the best parts of what you do and some of the worst parts about what you do? And I think you kind of answered the worst part is like how to communicate what you're learning to someone without it's unsolicited sometimes and how to, you know, deal with that. Um, But on the other end of the spectrum, what's some of the great things that your job comes with? Yeah. I love the people that I get to work with. I love human stories. I love, I mean, we're all on such a journey, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I love being able to be with people both at their best times and at their worst times because it's human connection. And I really love when people are crying, when they're laughing, you know, any of that, it's really it's really an honor. It's, it's just such I, the connection. It's just deep connection. I feel like I get into people's hearts and into people's lives on such a deep level. And that is the biggest gift that I could ever ask for. Right. No, that does seem amazing to know that you're helping somebody, but it also comes with responsibility, right? And oh my how gosh. you managed that. Yeah, that is so hard because again, there are things that I want to communicate and oftentimes the messages that I get from spirit realm aren't necessarily in words. Sometimes I do hear words, (laughs) but sometimes it's just a weird thing is going to happen. Like before COVID, I kept feeling some weird things were going to happen, but I didn't even have the words pandemic and COVID and, and I'm seeing some things and I'm seeing some really big changes in the world. And I'm, you know, telling people things are going to change in significant material ways that you don't understand. And then they say, what does that look like? And it would be like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get it out there. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's frustrating to describe. And and I, I had one case, um, you actually might 
be remember this one, whereas somebody's um, somebody in their life was having a medical issue and I couldn't describe what the medical issue was. And it would be like, well, he's not well, but he's not sick, but he, and it, and it was like, I, I couldn't help. And it was so frustrated because, or frustrating because something was going to happen, but it wasn't a disease, but he wasn't well. And I couldn't get words for it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to freak someone out, but you also want to be honest, like you said. So I can imagine that is kind of a stressful burden of what, what comes with the gift that you have. Definitely. Speaking of COVID, I have noticed that so many of us have come to a place where we just want a drastic change, where it's, we want to move out of state. We want to sell our house. We want to change our jobs. We want to suddenly do something kind of extreme. And there's a lot of anxiety around, you know, am I happy? Is this what I want? What's going on here? And I feel like so many Americans actually probably around the world right through that. And what would you say to people that are in that position where they just feel like something's off and something is off and has been off for a while with COVID, but how do we handle that? Oh, that is such a great question. Um, When we feel off, we're always seeking equilibrium. So if you think about a teeter-totter, one side goes down. And let me tell you, with COVID, that side went down hard. So the reason that we're wanting to do all of these extreme things is to bring back our equilibrium. And unfortunately, little things, little things, little things aren't going to do it. So that is why. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big change. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And what's good, good and bad about that is so many people are going to be overcorrecting. Okay. You know what I mean? And they're going to flip the teeter totter to the exact opposite end (laughs) instead of bringing it back. So my advice, (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. So my advice around that is to think about what you want to do and do about half. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Cause you, that's so true. Cause you're just, then you start thinking, well, no job is perfect. No state is perfect. No relationships perfect. So am I, are my, are my, you know, set or my, what am I trying to say? Set too high, right? Happening, but you're right. Yeah. So we need a big change, but we can't overdo it or we're going to go the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that still causes some concern for I still don't get it. I, and, and I think a lot of people are frozen. Like my husband and I are just kind of frozen right now because we don't want to make the wrong decision. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's so hard too, because so many people have asked me like, is this over? It's not over. There's, you know, there's still so much coming, maybe oh. not as drastic as the last <laughs> couple of years, but there's, there's still more and there's still a lot of change. And it is going to keep us in a state of discomfort for longer than we really think. I mean, I'm really thinking like maybe five years of just kind of discomfort around this. Is there any point to this? Is Was this meant to happen? Is there any silver lining? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm so glad you asked that. There's all, there's a lot of points and there's a lot of silver lining. It has so many people were focused externally, you know, they're chasing money or things or superficial relationships and houses and cars and just all of that stuff. And it really made us stop. 
And it really made us turn within and find a greater connection with spirit and with source too, because we couldn't control it. So where, where can we go for comfort? We can go to ourselves, we can go to God, but we can't, we can't go to government. We can't go to jobs. We can't go to a lot of friends and family. So it really stripped away all of that extraneous stuff. So it basically was bringing us back to the universe, to God, to what's real. Yes. Yes, absolutely. To ourselves, to source and to each other. I hear that, but I also go back to what I was saying that it also creates so much anxiety. So I guess when you have the anxiety, the point is to go to God, to Mm -hmm. to rely on your faith. And when it comes to decision-making again, we have to do the big changes, but we have to also really think about where we need to land and make sure that the expectations are correct and not too high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Have you ever, speaking of God, have you ever had an encounter with Jesus? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> you tell. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I have had some really amazing encounters, but Jesus is always, um, an energy presence that, and I get tearful talking about it. So apologies in advance if I I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his is an energy that comes in so quietly and he will often interrupt me in a way that I didn't see him coming, that I will be full, full steam ahead. I'm going to fix this. And it'll be like, he'll be over my left shoulder behind me, just this quiet presence. And then when I calm down enough, it's like, Oh, you're here. You've been watching me through this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I had one really vivid experience and this sounds so funny, (laughs) but it, it was through the middle of a really tough time. And I was just in bed and you know how you're kind of dreaming, but you're not dreaming. Yes. yes. And I was around a campfire and literally there was Jesus there. There was Buddha there. There were all these like ascended masters and angels, a lot that I just didn't know. And they were all just talking. And I was literally just at the campfire with them. Ooh, It was amazing. And it was like, oh, And I turned to Jesus. He was, he's always on my left. And I turned to him and I'm like, why am I here? I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here among you. And he's like, we're, you're, you're always among all of us. You're always supported. And it was just so overwhelmingly peaceful Mm -hmm. and powerful, but he's there a lot. I had something similar when I was pregnant with my last one. Um, we were, I was really nervous about delivering because it was a VBAC and I was the same sort of thing, taking a nap, kind of waking up, going back to sleep. And I was standing near my front door and there's a big window by my front door and you can kind of see the front of the house. And it was kind of like trouble was coming to knock on the door Uh and he put, I saw his reflection in the glass. I saw his eyes in his hand and he put his hand on the window that I was staring out of. And he said, don't worry, I am with you. And I put my hand on his hand through the glass and I could feel this like vibrational warmth energy. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, and I woke up and I was like in tears as well. And I was like, okay, I can do this. You know, he's with me. Don't worry, he's got me. 
And I never had anything like that before. But I think when you have that encounter with him, you know, it's real. Your soul knows it's real. Oh yeah. You absolutely know it's real. And then because it's going to happen to you, I'm sure again and again, it's, it's such a warm, familiar friend and it's just, it feels so supportive and so good. It's like, Oh, you're here again. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And that's so comforting to know is that you are worthy of being, you know, with them and that they're here for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to go into betrayal and shame And, um, you know, I think we've all experienced someone betraying us on some level Mm -hmm. and you've talked about this, whether it's a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, a friend, a family member, even a parent. Um, and I guess my question is, when do you know the person is deserving of a second chance? And when you know that they're not, Um, like when, where's that line where you feel safe to be vulnerable again? And when you're like, no, I think this relationship has served me. I'm done. Yeah. How do you know the difference? Cause everyone can say, oh, I'm sorry. But how do you know? Yeah. Oh, that's such, so good. And it's so hard. Yeah. Um, it's a good yeah. Question. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there are several different layers of that too. So I want to make sure I hit all of them. Okay. I think the first thing is to trust in your own heart to know I'm done. If you're really feeling that inside, it truly doesn't matter what another person says or does. If you know inside or have any feeling inside that I'm done, be done. Okay. Okay. Cause your intuition is not going to be wrong on that ever. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that's the first most important. And then, you know, on the flip side, if your intuition is like, uh, uh-uh, we're not done. Listen to that too. So that's that internal piece. Okay. Then the external piece for me, when Sean betrayed me, I truly needed him to get it on all levels, to fully own everything that was going on with him. And not only just to own it, but to make amends for it too. And what did that look like for you? Yeah, that it was, it was not, I, not that I was perfect in my marriage. None of us are perfect, (laughs) but I didn't do anything to cause this. I had, you know what I mean? I had no blame. Yeah. So that was the first thing that he was like, you don't have blame. These were my choices. These were my decisions. This was my wounding. This was my pain. And you were not in any way, shape or form responsible. That was that first piece. And that took a long time to get there. It wasn't just like bam overnight because he had to break through all of his levels of shame, all of his defensiveness, all of his wounding to get there. Mm -hmm. After that, And we worked on that level and kind of got some understanding and comfort. And he got some insight on that. Then the making amends piece was again, several different things. I am hurt and I need you to step up to the plate even more than you ever have before. You need to be holding me when I'm crying. You need to be with me when I'm being paranoid. You need to give me all the passwords to your phone, to the finances, to everything. You need to step up to such a high level and take care of me because I'm not going back to anything 
that ever makes me feel uncomfortable. And you will have to be responsible the rest of your life Mm -hmm. to make me feel better around this. Right. Yeah. And that was that next level. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, you also have to deal with the kids, my friends and family who all hate you and don't understand. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to explain that away for you. Mm -hmm. You will have to deal with it. That's not my deal. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, again, a whole other level of it. So it's, it was just one of those things that as we moved through it, as he's stepping up and taking care of himself, as he is holding space for me to process my grief, as he's talking to friends and family and owning it, you start trusting again. Okay. And again, I kept going back to my inner, inner self too, does this feel like we need to be together? And that was the answer I kept getting. We're not done. We're not done. We're not done. Okay. Do you think, do you think that, I mean, he does need to be praised on, on that level because not all men can step up to that. The shame, the guilt, the embarrassment would be too overwhelming, especially because you do talk about it on a very social level. It's like everyone knows. Exactly. Um. (laughs) Exactly. And yeah, I'm glad that you said that too, because that was something else I said. I, I process externally. This is huge. And this is what I'm going to do. And it was basically, if you have a problem with it, you need to leave now. And it's amazing because he will come and see me speak about it. And yeah. I have to ask you, how does he handle that? Does he just bury his head in, in embarrassment? Like that's gotta be really, really hard. Really it hard. Is, it is hard. It is yeah. hard. Um, what he said, cause I have asked him about that. I'm like, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. He is so, he's so proud of himself for getting through it. Okay. He's, Okay. He's proud of the growth that he's made. He feels happier now than he's ever been in his life because he's not fighting all the time. You know, he's not pretending all the time. He's not like he, he's, he cried in public on a radio show not too long ago. And he's like, I never would have done that. And he's like, now I'm just me. And Mm -hmm. when I'm overwhelmed and he's like, I've cried at work. And he's like, it's kind of embarrassing, but I'd really rather just be who I am. And if people don't like it, they can leave because I'm a happier, healthier person now. So he, he's, he's so happy with where he's at, if that makes sense. No, that's amazing. And I think one thing that would be really interesting for your listeners is almost if you had him on the show with you and you talk to him about, you know, his journey to recovery and how this could be healing for him too, and kind of give men and women that have cheated Right. Um, kind of the experience of how do you come back and how do you circle back to being, you know, proud of yourself when you're not proud of yourself and how, what that healing journey has looked like for him, because that's gotta be really hard for him. And I'm not making excuses for him in any way. No, 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 no. I get that. <laughs> you know, he is your husband and the father of your children. And I know you worry about him and that's, that, that would be an interesting thing. And I think helpful for people too, is to kind of hear how he's healed from it and how you've helped him because clearly you were meant to marry this man and help him through this journey. And we're all not perfect. And you know, what a blessing for him to have you, you know, that's incredible for him. I'm sure he knows that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he does know that. And, and that's actually a really great idea to have him on the show because you're right. There's, there's so many things that we have all done 
that we're so not proud of and we just want to hide. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he hasn't is pretty incredible. I don't know. I don't know many men that wouldn't. And I don't think it's arrogance or anything like that. I think it's truly just him wanting to support you in your journey and your healing process. And I think it's actually probably obviously healed him as well. So um, what do you do in the case where you've been betrayed? Someone's hurt you, but they're not asking for forgiveness. It's just kind of like, "Eh, I'm cool with what I did to you. Deal with it. I'm out of your life, whatever. And I think we've all experienced that. And mm-hmm. how do you forgive someone when they're not asking for forgiveness? And and forgiveness is so complicated. And I wanted you to kind of define forgiveness as well, because I know I think of it as what you did is okay. And that's not right. really what it is, right? So can right. you explain that a little bit? Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> you're so right. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. <laughs> yeah, because forgiveness it's not really being okay with what somebody did. I really think it's a a complete acceptance of what they did. And part of that acceptance has to also extend to, we have to be okay. If somebody doesn't want forgiveness, if they think they're fine Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh, I mean, that riles me up. That gets me so angry and so frustrated too. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, you can forgive somebody who's not asking for forgiveness or who doesn't want it, but it's just a different flavor because you really have for, forgiveness lets you off the hook. Forgiveness makes you empty of anger. It makes you empty of that feeling like you give yourself almost. Yeah, absolutely. But, oh my gosh, it is hard when somebody is self-righteous and yeah. like, Oh, it's fine. I can cheat on anybody. It's Oh, it's hard. (laughs) Right. Or just, I don't need to, like, I'm just a jerk and I'm going to be a jerk, especially people online bullying others. You know, there's just, there's a lot of cruelty in the world and there's no, I'm sorry. There's people, people are okay with it. And you kind of have to figure out how to forgive internally. And that's really hard to do. <laughs> yeah, it is. One thing that helps me, and I know this is a big headspace thing. I like to look at misdeeds. Like we see them on a scale, you know, on one end of the scale, it's perfection. It's God. It's, it's as perfect as you can be. And on the other end, it's, you know, the devil as bad as you can be. And that everybody else in the world is somewhere on that scale. And if you see that center point, And you think about it in terms of, it doesn't really matter how good you are or how bad you are. It just matters which direction that you're facing. And we've all intentionally done bad things, you know, whether it's like opening our car door too hard, digging somebody else's car and walking away. That's a bad thing, Mm -hmm. you know, all, but we still intentionally walked away or you get out to the car and you realize there's something under my cart and I didn't pay for it. Mm-hmm. That's a bad thing. I mean, we're, we're talking some kind of minor things, but once we recognize we've all faced bad and we've all faced good mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how good or how bad somebody is. It's just the acknowledgement of my soul that I too have faced bad. I too have gone that direction And when I have done those things, 
it's because I'm in a bad place. I'm fearful. I'm disconnected from source, whatever it is. And just to have the compassion that, okay, somebody else is doing something worse, but how bad or how good is just a place of judgment. And I've been there too, you know, and it's let, let the person without sin cast the first stone. I can't, (laughs) I've got it too. And that, that just helps me sometimes to be able to let go and forgive. Right. Right. And that's such a healing thing for all of us. Um, how would you say the universe speaks to us? Like, how do we get signs from God and the universe that maybe we were not listening to, but what's some things to look out for? Yeah. So many of them. (laughs) (laughs) Think about some of the repeated phrases that you say in your own mind. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That comes in as messages from the universe a lot. Also, when you get song lyrics stuck in your head, it's the universe. This is it. This is it. This is it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. Um, Also, if you're seeing numbers, you know, just anything Mm -hmm. you're seeing in your environment that comes up also animals. Oh my goodness. Animals are such wonderful messengers in look at what they're doing. If your dog or something is driving you crazy because they're doing something, look a little bit beneath the surface. Is my dog driving me crazy because he's being too playful? This is a message that I need to start being more playful. Oh, okay. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. 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 Especially when they're driving you crazy. Like why is my dog doing this? Mm-hmm. The message. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know my husband sees 911 all the time. And like, that's a little disconcerting, but <laughs> do you know what that means? I don't, I don't know. Not off the top of my head. I don't either. <laughs> we got to check it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I've just Googled numbers before too, you know, just, okay. yeah. See what it means. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know when I, every time I'm about to get pregnant, I always see my birthday numbers, which is February 17th. So I see 217 <sighs> and you told me one time it means a rebirth. And it happens to be actually every time I get pregnant and I start seeing it. That's amazing. <laughs> oh <boy. laughs> yeah, huh. yeah, definitely. And so what, go ahead. I, I was going to say, going back to the nine and the 11, 11 is a power number. Okay. So, I mean, no matter what that nine in front of it means. Uh-huh. And then the other thing was something when it's cliche like that, right. it might be when he sees it, ask him to notice what's going on around it because that's urgently important. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. definitely will. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. So just maybe write down some numbers, write down lyrics, whatever you're saying in your head. Um, it's true. We really need to pay attention where I feel like a lot of us are just, you know, sleepwalking through life. Yes. Oh, so well said. And just that voice in your head, like we've all, we all have those internal thoughts mm-hmm. and we dismiss them and just start practicing. If, if somebody says like, go get a Starbucks or call somebody or whatever it is, just go do it. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself going through COVID that maybe you didn't know before? Maybe that was just really reconfirmed for you. Like for me, I definitely realized I need friends and I need to be outside. And, um, those things are really helpful for me, but what about you? That is such an interesting question. Um, 
<sighs> there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of them. So I'm trying to think like, what is the most, the most relevant? I think a sense of se- kind of self-reliance that it really doesn't matter what happens. I can figure this out. And yeah, you know, it, it was like, Ooh, I might have to start growing a garden. Mm, I might need to start figuring this out, but I really had kind of some excitement that, okay, if I need to do this, I totally can. That's awesome. That's really good. I like that. And we had a lot of time on our hands to kind of try new things. Totally. <laughs> totally. Did you pick up a new hobby? The gardening? I, you know, I really didn't. I really didn't. There were a lot of uh, older things that I went back to. Like, you know, I love working out and I just, yeah. I experimented with some different kinds of workouts and I had fun with that. And I had a bunch of photos that I had never, that I had printed, like from when my kids were little and I was going to mm-hmm. put them in albums. And I finally finally did some of that. There's more to go, (laughs) but at least I did some of it. And I did some cleaning out and just, you know, some things that I never got around to. And I did some great reading. Oh, fantastic. Is there a good book that you recommend? Oh my gosh. There are so many great books. (laughs) I am reading right now that I didn't read this during COVID. I'm reading it right now, but it's called Swan Dive. Okay. Yeah. The woman Georgina, and I forget her last name because it's a different last name, Uh but it's an amazing story. She's uh, a ballet dancer and just her story. I read the lost apothecary, which was a super fun mystery that flips between the, I think 1700s and present day. And then I loved, 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 loved the secret life of Addie LaRue. Okay. Okay. That was my favorite. And then I even went back. My old favorite book was Gone with the Wind. Oh, yeah. We read Gone with the Wind. So that was fun. That's a big book, right? Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, to have time on your hands like that, I, I wish. I barely have time to take a shower with two little kids. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. But one day, one day. So I wanted to ask you about happiness and joy. What brings you joy? Mm, so many things bring me joy. Definitely connection with other people. I am a people person and I love just really connecting. Like our interview today, it's just going to bring me so much joy because we got time one-on-one that's not interrupted. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Animals bring me joy. My family brings me joy. Beauty, just beauty in anything, whether it's nature or, or even just buildings. It doesn't have to be nature, but just really pleasing, beautiful things bring me a lot of joy. Yeah. What if someone doesn't know what brings them joy? How do you go on that journey of kind of self-discovery? Like, where do you start? Ooh, (laughs) I think the best place to start is in your past because we've, yeah, because we've all had joy somewhere, but we, most people also have the belief that once you grow up and get serious, that you have to leave all these things behind. And then- Yeah. Yeah. And even with raising kids, I love that you said raising kids. I know when I was raising mine, sometimes I would get so locked into what I had to do that I would lose the joy sometimes. And then it would be like, oh my gosh, Laura, you're all stressed out over this and you're losing the joy. Yeah. Yeah. So go back to when you were a kid, how you like to play, what you like to do. You know, just all of those things before life got so darn serious and start there. Okay. That's some really good advice. Do you think happiness is a choice that you have to make every day 
Um, or do you think people kind of sabotage their happiness and just assuming that it should just be there? Mm-hmm. Both, <laughs> both, <laughs> absolutely both. Uh, you do have to choose to be happy. And there are also times when you just can't be happy when really bad things are happening and you're going through a tough time. I think it's important to also choose, choose to grieve, choose to be sad, choose to be angry and to know that you can re-choose happiness again. And then also when you are choosing happiness to keep your eye to keep your eye on the ball, to keep your eye on the prize, to realize, even though this is really hard not to get sucked into it. Like, like I said, with, with kids, I mean, there were times, you know, they'd be throwing up and there'd be diapers to change. And the, you know, the dog would be running crazy and my house would be a mess. And it would just be like, this is horrible. Chaos. Yes. Total (laughs) chaos. (laughs) And it is. And I would sabotage my own happiness sometimes because I would have unrealistic expectations, Mm. you know, like by the time Sean comes home, I will have the house cleaned up and the laundry done and dinner on the table. And then I'd be all mad at myself because it didn't happen. Mm. Mm -hmm. So manage expectations. Yes. And one thing I'm learning to deal with is when I have a second of time, am I going to do the dishes or am I going to sit down and play with my kids? You know, <laughs> I'm like constantly battling myself. Yes. I do. Cause then I feel bad if I both are a lose, lose, I feel like, like, you know, I'm not playing with my kids, but then I have a messy house. And so it's like, Oh, there's just constant inner battle. Oh. And I love that you said that because if you choose to sit down or when you choose to sit down, mm-hmm. then choose to sit down fully and don't think about the dishes. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Cause that, otherwise you do sabotage your happiness. And then same thing when you choose dishes, try to find some, some joy in that, you know, that the soap bubbles smell good, that the hot water feels good on your hands, that, you know, maybe the sun is coming through the window, wherever you're at, if you can just find that full presence and just choose to notice the good things about it, because I love what you said, that inner ba- battle that sucks away our happiness every single time. And yeah, I have fear of missing out and same thing. It'll suck my happiness right out. <laughs> totally. Totally. And one thing I love about you that I'm constantly reminded with your posts and with your talks is that you're really into the five senses, actually the six senses, right? Yes. You love your bubble baths and you love to be in nature and like the little things and you love your animals. You love to touch things. You like things on your body, you like to express with your body. And sometimes I really forget that we have all those senses there and it's kind of the little things throughout the day that you, I think it's so cute and so funny. You really love yes. <laughs> those things. And I think yeah. that's such a great way to kind of flip your mind to joy and to happiness and to say, it's not just going through the motions, like look at where you're at and breathe in that warm candle and go bake something yummy go be with your husband on the couch. You know, those things are really important for your day-to-day happiness. So how did you come to become that person? I love everything that you said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think a couple of different things. I always danced and I, 
I'm always really passionate about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And I, when I would dance, I would lose myself. I would lose time. I would lose everything. And it's like, I would kind of come to at the end of a ballet class or whatever and be like, Whoa, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, it was that, it was that, that would kind of make me realize, okay, when I, that was maybe like high school, when I'm sitting here at my desk, just studying or listening or taking notes, it's not that fun, but when I'm in my body and I'm breathing and I'm moving, that's when I feel the most alive. Mm-hmm. So then it was like, how do I bridge that gap? How okay. do I feel alive everywhere? Yes. Yeah. And I guess it's just the practice and being grateful for what you have and knowing what you have and looking around and feeling things. And um, I guess that's how you really do get joy, especially for you. And I think that's always such a great reminder every time you post something like that. And like, you're like, I love this. I'm like, I want to love something. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be that obsessed with something and excited about something. And even the little things, especially yes. the little things. Yes. Yes. And some of that too, is just allowing yourself to go there mm-hmm. because I really do keep my mind in a place of like magic and possibility, yeah. you know, like literally I will look at things and I'll think what magic is going to happen, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the fact that you can kind of see things and, and feel things, I'm sure that's part of your intuition and I think you're a little more sensitive than the average person, but we can all try <laughs> to <Yes>. do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think once you try, it'll feel awkward at first. It'll be like, <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. And then you start connecting to that joy and then you just want more of it. And it just feeds itself. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You're always someone I'd want to like go to Disneyland with or something. <laughs> I love going. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's infectious, you know, and I think we all need more of that. Um, my mom had this question. I was like, I'm going to ask her all these questions. Do you have oh, a good. question? She's like, what happens when we die? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a loaded question, but I'll ask her. <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> we all want to know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. After death, it's still a journey, just like life is a journey. So what happens immediately after death is, and this is such a cliche answer, but it's true, is exactly what you expect Mm -hmm. because God is not going to be like, bam, and you were wrong. (laughs) So you die exactly what you think in your heart of hearts is going to happen. Not necessarily what you've been told, but what you really think in your heart of hearts is going to happen. And then that will happen. And then you get that, oh, I've transitioned. Consciousness goes on. This is great. Mm -hmm. Then because source is pure love, you know, God's unconditional love, you will be catered to cared for to the extreme. Then you start moving forward at your pace. If you are expecting, you know, a life review or whatever, you're getting it. If you're expecting sitting at the feet of Jesus, you're getting it. If you're expecting purgatory, you're getting it. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're having source come in and lovingly just announcing presence. You know, I am think about the, I am presence. Mm -hmm. I am source. I am God. I am whoever I am here and you get held and you get to witness And as you start witnessing the things that are around you, your humanness starts falling off of you, your fears, your judgments, 
all of that starts falling off and you start being able to see more clearly. So if you think about different, you know, scarves being peeled away, it's like, oh, that's more clear. Oh, that's more clear. That's more clear. And then you will move into your ultimate state of truth and connection and oneness with source. That makes a lot of sense. Well, that's great (laughs) to know. Um, I was listening to a podcast last night and it was kind of faith-based Christian and they were talking about, um, it was just a conversation between husband, wife, and an interviewer. And they were saying, you know, the enemy comes in and makes me, you know, sleep in and the enemy will come in and make me doubt this. And then the enemy will come in and, you know, I, I will start having anxiety about this or thinking this. And I was like the enemy, I'm like, is that really what's going on? Are we really minute to minute battling the devil to have happiness and clarity? And are we not taking responsibility for our own self and our own thoughts? And I just found that really confusing, a little disturbing, Mm -hmm. but that's just the language that they were saying. And I didn't like that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that's disturbing language too, because yeah, that, that's very disturbing. It's it's not that we're battling all the time because we're not. We are created in the image and likeness of source. We are creators. That means, you know, sometimes people get confused about what does free will really mean? If there's God's plan and free will, how do you have both? Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's like, you do have both because you are created in the image and likeness of God and God is a creator. And that means you're a creator. So what does God want for you? What does the universe want for you? What does source want for you, for you to be in your highest good at all time, for you to learn all of the lessons that you need to learn for you to have a greater understanding for you to have more compassion, more ability to love more like all of the good things. Mm -hmm. So the enemy quote unquote enemy (laughs) is not moving ahead it's not learning. It's not using your free will. Like if you're creating the image of likeness in God, and if you're a creator, you need to start creating. You need to create, you know, love, family, connection, empathy, all of the good things. God's will is for everybody to be in a state of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. So it's you that is the enemy. <laughs> and that's hard for people to hear because We can choose not to create. We can choose just to sit there and be victims. And that's you being your own enemy. We can choose to not learn, not grow, not be kind, not compare. We can choose. We know what is good and we know what is bad. Right. Yeah. And again, it's us choosing. That's, that's where that free will comes in. Cause I'm like, it made me sound like we're being toyed with by the devil. Right minute. And I was like, no, I really don't think that's how it goes. Cause what would be the point of coming here? If we're just victims to this evil doer, you know, I feel like we have a little bit more responsibility and hopefully that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of responsibility. And I think that's why sometimes people freak out because we have so much responsibility and it's, it makes us, it makes us not want to move forward because we're afraid we're going to mess it up. But that's the whole unconditional love. That's the whole Jesus died for your sins. You know, in all religions, they have that. And that's because you can create and then go, oh God, this was not it. 
(laughs) (laughs) And you're forgiven for that. You're because, because that awareness that I thought I was doing good and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. I'm happy. I I wanted to ask you about that because that was really kind of creepy last night when I was hearing that and they're total Christians. They're sweet people, but I was, uh, I I was like, I don't know about that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we definitely take responsibility for our thoughts. What about being superstitious or having a thought come in where it's just like, you know, if I, it's so weird, but sometimes I think like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, not say this. Cause this might like it's really weird superstitious stuff. Um, like I'm going to pick the red drink, not the, not the pink drink, because if I pick the pink drink, you know, just weird stuff, like something bad. Where does that weird stuff come from? And like, I could, I'm sure the, the Christians would say, or I'm a Christian, but those people last night would say that's the devil. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that, like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah two different things. First of all, going to my hypnotherapy background, the subconscious mind records everything that you have ever heard or seen or been a part of in your entire life. So literally you can be a two-year-old on the couch and you can see a TV show where somebody picks the red drink and something bad happens and it can just register in your subconscious mind. And you'll be like, where did this come from? I have no idea. And literally it's just something that has been lodged in your subconscious mind. So- It, it can be that simple. Also, sometimes that can just be an intuition thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pay attention to it. Um, if pay attention to it, if it's something like that and notice if something happens, like I have an allergy to Merlot, not to other red wines, but just to Merlot. And, you know, so that might be something to notice if you're, th- if you're sitting something and you're having weird feelings about it, maybe it's your intuition, but I think more than likely it's just something got lodged in your brain. You overheard your mom on the phone saying, you know, people are bad who have green cars or whatever it is. <laughs> and it's just stuck in your brain. Okay. Okay. And then as far as like superstitions and, um, you know, I know a lot of athletes and actors and musicians, you know, they have to like tap something three times and say a prayer and, you know, like these, these little rituals that you have to do. Is that, is there any weight to that? Or is it really just in your brain? There is weight to it. And here's why (laughs) I can, again, because going back to the subconscious portion of your mind, when you are doing hypnosis, a lot of times I will give people an anchor in hypnosis and an anchor is like that, a tapping or, you know, a, a word or a breath or something like that. And it just focuses you. It, it helps your brain center in. So if you've done something and you have a really good game, cause you're an athlete. So if you tap three times, you know, and say your prayer and you have a really good game, your brain and your body is focused and it's clicked in. You do it again, your brain and body go back to that state of focus and click in. The more times you do it, the more ability your brain has to click in, the more ability your body has to be warm and and to do those superhuman feats. So yeah. Okay. So there is some way to that. That's awesome. Yes. Just training your brain, kind of get in the zone. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. With some of your guilty pleasures. Mm, chocolate for sure. <laughs> Dark chocolate, sea salt, caramel, anything like that. Definitely okay. love that. Also, I love, 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 love being on the beach, barefoot on the grass, you know, just anything 
laying in the sun, things like that. Absolutely. Hiking, walking, uh, reading. Reading is a huge guilty pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) So now I do want to ask, how do you keep your marriage like sparked, sparkly? (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Now that you're kind of on the other side of things, I think. And how do you, like, how do you, I never obviously want to go through that ever. I'm so sorry you went through that, but is there anything that women can do to just not obviously make sure that doesn't happen? Because obviously it's not our fault if it does, when it does. But is there anything that we have to just remember as women to just bring to our marriage, even on the other side of pain? Like, yeah. how do we get back to that happy place? I love that. Uh, we could spend like another 45 minutes. <laughs> I, know, we're talking I, know, I, know, I, I think one of the biggest things for me and for us was truly that realization that each other has vulnerabilities and insecurities and to tap into that because we each kind of had the belief, like he's a man, he's strong, he's got this. And he'd be like, she's the mom, she's strong, she's got this. And just to really see each other as very, as imperfect humans and to continue to ask around that, like, you know, what, what are you going through right now? What can we do that is just silly, stupid, ridiculous fun. And just to have fun together. I think we, we've always played a lot, but I think we play more now. And I think, yeah, yeah. And I think the way we play is, is more in terms of like, I really recognize what has this week been like for you? How can we play? And by how can we play? I mean, what do you need for play? Because you were the one that, you know, had the bad week. And then on the flip side, he'll do that for me too. What is it that you need now? Because you just went through a really big push. How can we play around that? That's so sweet. I love that. I love that. One thing that my husband does all the time is he always just comes up to me and says, how are you? How are you doing? And like, I always think I never really ask him. That's part of just in my brain, but I I care about him, of course. But for him to vocalize, like, how are you? And he really cares and wants to know. And so now I'm constantly doing it too. I'm like, well, how are you? How are you? And it's so important that we just don't really ask those questions, you know, like how, how each other's doing on a deep level. And I love the play because I would never think that's so great. I'm going to implement this too. I would never think how can we play? Like, what do you need to feel good? And how can we, because that's just bonding, right? Yes. And it, it's so helpful. I would never think to ask that, but I will definitely ask that now. Good. good. <laughs> and it's less responsibility than like romance, you know? Yeah. Like let's go on a romantic, like let's go to dinner, you know, because that's, that can be boring too. Yeah. It really can be. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you, Laura. This has been so fun. I feel like I've learned a lot about you and I'm going to implement a bunch of stuff that I learned and tell my mom what happens after, after death, it needs to be whatever she envisions. (laughs) (laughs) Then the layers will be peeled away. (laughs) Um, Right. Exactly. Well, thank you, Amy. I really had a great time and listeners, I hope you learned a lot too. And if you have any other questions, please email me, laura at laurachetel.com or find me across all social and go ahead and send me your questions because if Amy had questions, I know you did too. 
And thank you, Amy and listeners. As usual, have an amazing week and always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. To all the women who have cried in the shower, smiled when they wanted to scream, and couldn't wait to get home and unhook their bra, Flaunt is the definitive guidebook on how to get back in touch with who you are underneath your labels, roles, and scripts. Fall in love with yourself right now. Breathe life into the dreams you left behind and live each day with uninhibited joy. Pick up a copy of Laura Cheadle's number one best-selling book, Flaunt. Drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self wherever books are sold. It's available in print, digital, and audio formats and comes with two downloadable meditations. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 